Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Na'ahmaduhu wa nasalli ala rasulihi al-kareem amma ba'd. We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. We seek blessings on the Prophet, peace be upon him. So, so first and foremost, thanks for all of you who, who joined the class. Uh, uh, most of the focus of today, we're going to have a small lesson, but first just giving you a sense of the whole setup of the class. Uh, all of you have taken classes with me before, and the core baseline content is still going to be more or less the same. But the difference in this class is that the focus is going to be much more workshop oriented. And, and what is the point here? That the overall majority of classes that you and I take in terms of Dean, they're basically focused on consumption of knowledge. I mean, you just take in the knowledge, remember some things, maybe memorize some things, maybe think about some things, but they're not focused at all on action. More often than not, either they're focused on zero action or they work as anti-action. Meaning, how does it work as anti-action? You just want to learn more and more and more, but not do any action. Whereas center, central to our dean is, is that you're learning with the intention of changing your actions. And then when you implement uh, what you're learning, there's a principle of knowledge that when you implement what you're learning, you actually automatically start learning more. And so imagine you have a bookshelf of 10 books. And the common approach in our community is that, okay, you, you, you try to master those 10 books. And I'm saying that's actually not correct. It's you implement little by little what's in those 10 books. And as you implement that, that material with action, by the time you're done with 10 books, you've actually gained the knowledge of 100 books. This is a, a central principle of the process of gaining knowledge. And so here, the goal, the goal, what we're going to try over the next couple of weeks, at least until Ramadan, is to focus much more on a workshop style. And, and so that means your payment of the class is that you're going to do homework. And homework's not going to be that, that, that uh, intense, but uh, that will be part of the process. He states like, oh, no, not, not more homework. But, uh, but yeah, so, so that's what we're going to especially focus on. And, and to take this a step further, we have two metaphors in the Quran one is in Surah Al-Adiyat, near the end of the Qur'an, which is the metaphor of the thoroughbred or the racehorse. And the other metaphor is in Surah Al-Jum'ah, which is like Surah number 62, 63, 62, I think, uh, which is the metaphor of the donkey carrying books. And, and so what is the metaphor of the racehorse, the thoroughbred racehorse, just like if we have the Kentucky Derby or something, that the jockey is riding the horse and as long as the jockey keeps poking at the horse to go faster, the horse, the horse is going to go faster and faster and faster until it can no longer go. It's going to keep going. If the jockey tells the horse to slow down, it's going to slow down. If the jockey tells the horse to stop, it's going to stop right away. That's the goal that we're trying to aspire to with our relationship with God. Okay. Not a relationship with people, but a relationship with God. Now, what is the, the, uh, the metaphor of the donkey carrying books? So if you've ever seen how a donkey behaves, a donkey goes whatever way it wants. You know, you're always having to like to pull it left and right. And, and so, oh, okay, and so with the donkey carrying books, what's taking place here is that you can put all the books you want on the donkey and it's not going to affect its behavior. It's still going to go in whatever direction it wants. And so the second point that I'm making, first point I'm making is that knowledge necessitates action. You, it, it, it requires us to try to implement it. Otherwise, the second scenario is that if you're not 
implementing the knowledge, if you're not internalizing the knowledge, then what knowledge is actually going to do, it's going to make a bigger version of what you already are. So if you are internally upright, the acquisition of Islamic knowledge is going to make you more upright. But if you are internally corrupt, the acquisition of Islamic knowledge is actually going to make you more corrupt. And so all of us can give examples of, of people in our communities, people that we know that are, that are religious people, but are the most corrupt people we know. And they might be super knowledgeable, but I'm illustrating exactly why that happens. That if you're just acquiring all these books, but it's not translating into action, then you're literally just a donkey carrying books. That's literally what you're becoming. And even in the context of those ayahs in Surah Jummah, it's literally saying, making that point that on the one hand, Surah Jummah is talking about seeking the bounty of Allah. But on the other hand, you have the people who are basically behaving like donkeys carrying books. And so of those two metaphors, our goal is to be like the, the thoroughbred racehorse, as opposed to becoming like the donkey carrying books. But, but think about what I'm saying, because it's actually very, very controversial. I'm saying the vast majority of learning in our community is conditioning us to be donkeys carrying books. And I'm not saying that the learning is bad. I'm saying it's because the focus is only on acquisition of knowledge without internalizing it. So let's take this a step further. Third big point, that the prophet, peace be upon him, says that I did not come except to a perfect character. So, so think about what this means. It means that a true follower of the prophet, peace be upon him, the closer you are in following the prophet, peace be upon him, it's directly related to the quality of your character. It's directly related to your ethics. So I might be somebody who's fulfilling all these symbolic aspects of following the prophet. Like I might have a long beard, right? I might dress in a certain style of Arab clothing, right? Um, but if my character is bad, I am still the opposite of what the prophet, peace be upon him, is preaching. And so, and so, so, so think of this as the third point, that the consequence of Islamic knowledge, the consequence of practicing Islamic knowledge should be an increase of character. And so now that brings us up to the third, the fourth point. So once again, the first point is, is basically about, about uh, knowledge and action. The second point is about the problem of not having knowledge and action. The third point is that knowledge, the acquisition of knowledge should, should increase character. Okay? Meaning if Islamic knowledge is not increasing your character, there's either something wrong with the knowledge or there's something wrong with you. And now the fourth big point is that the essence, and for those of you all joining the week, don't worry, we'll review, yeah. that, the, uh, that the essence of good character is generosity. That is the essence of good character. Obviously, good character means speaking the truth. Obviously, good character means keeping your promises. Obviously, good character means uh, keeping your trusts and secrets and such when people share them with you. But we're saying even the root of that is generosity. And so the prophet, peace be upon him, even says that, you know, that like, a, that, you know, the, the pathway to paradise, or someone who is of generous nature, paradise cannot be refused to that person. Yeah. 
And so what is the word that I'm translating as generosity? I mean, it's helm, and this is a term you don't need to know yet, but what is the, the deeper term here? It's rahma. And so, so that's essentially the core point for today. And then we're going to get into uh, the, 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 the lesson. But that's the outlook of the whole course. Meaning the workshop aspect is to focus on how... It's okay, it's okay. The workshop aspect is to focus on how to... <laughs> Use a second here, a, a meltdown. You might think it's faucet who's melting down, but it's not faucet. Okay, good. Okay, in any case, so it's like who are all these who are all these people invading my house? Okay. Okay. So so the workshop aspect of the course is to actually go through exercises to develop all of these things. And so now having said that, does anybody have any questions about any of this? Anything that we've covered so far? It's basically four points and try to see if you can really, really internalize these four points. And so so now having said that. Um, opening up, uh, what is the, the curriculum here? First part of the curriculum is uh, of all my courses is always the same thing. It's the Surah Al-Fatiha. Uh, so, so like Surah Al-Adiyat is a part of the racehorse. Surah Al-Jumu'ah is the part about the donkey carrying books. And the others were hadith that I did not come except to perfect character. And if you're of a generous nature, then uh, paradise cannot be uh, refused for you. Okay, so so then from there, uh, 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 as I was saying, the curriculum, first part of all of my classes, the curriculum is always Surah Al-Fatiha, uh, which is basically to lay out the, the, the foundations for, 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 for everybody. And then, and then after that, um, then the workshop will form much, much more. And, and my encouragement, if you all are, are able, is in the future, please do attend in person because then we can all do work on the workshop aspects together. I, I didn't make that clear in the, in the previous announcements. Uh, also, just in terms of the calendar, we will have class, inshallah, next week, probably the same time, or we'll figure it out, inshallah. We will not have class on the 6th, but then we will have the class on the 13th. And and then uh, and I'm still my schedule is still open for this class on the twentieth. So we have class next week, but not uh, not in two weeks. Okay. Having said that, let's jump now into into Al Fatiha through our lens. So those of you uh, who who have um, who've gone through this with me, uh, some of this will be familiar. Those of you who have not, this will be new. Inshallah. But um, so. So in understanding the whole of the Islamic tradition, so I'm going to stop looking at the camera here and I'm going to look at you because we actually have people in person. Here. So to understand like the whole of the Islamic tradition, if you think of all of the Islamic sciences, you can put them down into three categories. Okay? The first category is reference material. Second category is act is actioned material. And then the third category is theoretical material. Okay? So the first category of Islamic sciences we said as reference material, which would be the sciences of Arabic language, the sciences of the Quran, and the sciences of the Prophet, peace be upon him. And so this is speaking from the perspective of gaining knowledge. That's going to be different than the from looking from the perspective of actually living as a Muslim. So, so we said the first level is reference material, which is Arabic language. Sciences of the Quran, sciences of the uh, sciences of the Prophet, peace be upon him. Notice I'm using the word Prophet, not Hadith or Sunnah. Okay. And then the second category 
he says it is actioned knowledge and that is primarily Islamic law. So as you know, the word for that is, is Sharia. Number two <clears throat> is, is purification, which is Tazkiyah, purification. And then number three is Adab. Adab is basically manners or, or character or etiquette. And so, so those are the actioned aspects of the Islamic sciences. Okay. And then level three is more the abstract theoretical fields of law. So this would be philosophy. And why is that abstract or theoretical? You don't need to know it. It doesn't affect your practice or anything, right? But it might be addressing like big picture questions. History is an abstract science. Why do you think history would be an abstract science? Because I mean, there's benefit in learning CETA. Any thoughts? Why would history be abstract? Anyone, people online or in person? Uh, I mean, like I said, like uh, maybe a collection or a, uh, a representation of somebody's like understanding of something, or actual fact, but maybe mm -hmm. lessons, lessons to be derived from that. Yeah. So, so, so history itself is going to be just a collection of facts, right? When we turn into lessons, then now I have something that I can do, right? So if I ask all of you, all right, how many years was the Prophet Peace in Mecca? How many years was he in Medina? You can probably answer you yeah, 13 and 10, right? You know, uh, you know, who were the first Sahaba? You probably can answer that, right? You have Khadija, you have Abu Bakr, you have Ali, so forth and so on. When does Ma'awiyah become Muslim? It's all the, way, all the way at the end. Those are facts. It doesn't give me information on what I should do. But now I can draw lessons from that. Now that's not history anymore, right? Those are lessons from history. And so, so the point is that history is also one of the abstract sciences. And theology is also an abstract science. The term we use in Arabic will be kalam or usuluddin. This is an abstract science. And so those are usually answering, again, big theoretical questions. Like, for example, do we believe in evolution or not? Like, who cares if you believe in evolution or not? It makes no difference, right? But you're going to find some Muslims who say, yeah, evolution happened. Some Muslims will say evolution did not happen. Um, but that's a theoretical question. Like, you know, none of us are witnessing evolution happening. So it's irrelevant whether I believe it or not. So that's a theoretical question. So, so in terms of Islamic knowledge, those are three levels. The, um, the uh, uh, what do we call it? Um, the, the, the reference material. And then we have the practiced material. So that's where we have the most discussion like Islamic law and purification. And then we have the theoretical stuff. Okay. But let me change it. How do you learn your Islam as a regular person? What are the sources? How would you all answer that question? Family. Sorry? Family. Family is a big one. So if I ask every one of you, how'd you learn how to pray? How'd you learn how to pray? Parents. Parents, how'd you learn how to pray? Parents, 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 yeah. And, and so, so the lived practice of Islam is different than the scholarly teaching of Islam. Okay. The lived practice of Islam is focused on person-to-person -person connection. Okay. So, uh, and those of you who, who were part of the, uh, the early part of the Al-Baqarah class, we made this point back then too, that for example, if I look at a copy of the Quran and I see Alif Lam Mim at the beginning of Al-Baqarah, how do I know to pronounce it as Alif Lam Mim and not just Alam or Alima? Okay, because the voweling isn't gonna help me there, right? I might be talking to you, this is Madda and you do such and such. But how do I know how to pronounce it that way? Because somebody taught me, correct? And so the lived practice of Islam is literally how you learn your Islam. 
which then means what? What are the big three sources of, of the deen? It's the Quran, it's the Hadith, and the Sunnah. But how did you all learn your Islam? It's from the Sunnah. That's literally how you're learning your Islam. Now, why am I making this point? Because so much of our focus in our community is on that big first category, which is the scholarly knowledge of Islam, which I'm suggesting for most people is almost completely irrelevant. Good. Meaning you feel like it's irrelevant because all these hadith are being quoted, but it probably doesn't really change your practice too much. Okay. It's actually through the sunnah that you're learning your deen, and the sunnah is handed down person to person to person. Hadith is handed down through this whole scholarly process. But sunnah is lived. Yeah. And this is, I mean, this also even, this is a, a major point in a lot of the Islamic, uh, in, in, in our early Islamic teachings and such. Okay, so, so what are we saying here that this next big point is, is that the actual learning and practice of Islam is the person-to-person relationship, which means I could be doing nothing wrong in terms of fard and haram, yet my Islam is completely bogus. I mean, I might still get a, a passing grade with Allah Ta'ala, but where is your Islam actually located? It's located in your relationships. How do you conduct yourself in your relationships? That's where your Islam really is. Because again, just like I said, just like I said, any of us, it's my daughter, okay, uh, just like I said, any of us can give examples of some big sheikh who, or someone who's super religious in our world whose behavior is horribly bad, right? Um, but think about what you remember. You might have a person who is super religious. You might have a person who's not really religious at all, but you're going to remember the person who's rude to you and you're going to remember the person who's polite to you. Okay. That's just human nature. Okay. And so, so the point is, when you and I imagine the prophet, peace be upon him, what are we imagining? We're imagining someone who's always polite. Even when he needs to be firm, he's still being polite. Okay. And, and so, so what we're saying then is, in the practice of Islam, there's only a small amount of Islamic law that you actually need to know. Okay. Most everything else is just filling in all kinds of details. And if you are looking for that level of perfection in your actions, then that's fine. But most people, the amount of Islamic law that you actually need to know is probably less than two pages. It's literally that much. The amount of theology you need to know is about a paragraph. That's all you really need to know. But in terms of manners, character, and such, that's actually a bigger thing. But that's not something you put in books as much. That's a lived thing. You know, like, okay, so even, you know, Basit and I have known each other for, for, for longer than I wish, but the point is like 15 years. Now notice, I just said something mean, but it's understood that it's out of love and compassion, right? But the point is that if I was mean to Basit, or no, 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 if I was mean and unfair to Basit in a particular way early on, there's no way that we'd be still talking to each other. He'd be like, you know, the heck with you. Okay. So, so now <clears throat> bringing this to Al-Fatiha, in the practice of Islam, what I'm suggesting is that if you go through the Quran with that lens, the whole book is going to make way more sense. Because how much of the content of the Quran is actually instructions? Do this or don't do this? Not even 5%, barely 5%. Meaning out of 6,000 ayahs, it's, it's less than 500 ayahs say do this or don't do this. Most of the focus of the Quran is on how you think and most of how you think is focused on your relationships with everything. So your first relationship, now you can sum up all your relationships down to five things. The first relationship is your relationship with Allah. 
Your second relationship is your relationship with the prophet, peace be upon him. Your third relationship is your relationship with people. Your fourth relationship is your relationship with the world, with nature. And your fifth relationship is your relationship with yourself. I mean, if you go through the entire Quran, these are the five relationships that are emphasized over and over again. First is with Allah, second was the Prophet, peace be upon him, third is with, with people, fourth is with nature, and the fifth one is with yourself. And so even think about this in terms of the word salah. What does the word salah literally mean? Anybody know? I mean, we mean we mean namaz usually, but like the word itself? Anybody know? It means connection. And so think about what you're seeking to get connected to. You're getting connected to Allah Ta'ala by making your prayer. And the number two, how do we pray? How do we pray is following the model of the Prophet, peace be upon him. And then the ideal prayer is a prayer done in congregation, right? especially primarily for men. And then how do you know what time it is to pray? I mean, you look at your phone. No, it's uh, where the sun is in the sky, how long your shadow is, right? And then ultimately, you're seeking to connect to yourself. The better you know yourself, the better you're going to be able to learn, the better you're going to be able to connect to everything. The less you know yourself, the less you're going to be able to connect to things. Uh, Say it to answer your questions at an order of importance, sort of, kind of. Meaning, uh, if you don't have number five, meaning a relationship with yourself, you're not going to have the first four, right? Although, obviously, relationship with Allah is the most important, you know. So it's kind of hard to, it's sort of yes-ish, you know, order of importance, sort of. Okay, so now to, to finish off and to really, really seal this point, I said that uh, the entirety of the scholarly tradition is those categories. And then how do I learn the deen? Primarily from Sunnah, but it's the Quran, the Hadith, and the Sunnah. And all of that gets traced back to Al-Fatiha, okay? And this is a point we made before, Al-Fatiha gets traced back to Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Meaning the better I know Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, then the better I know the essence of Al-Fatiha. The better I know Al-Fatiha, the better I know the essence of all these other things. Okay. And so the essence of Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim is the B at the beginning of Bismillah. Okay. And how do you translate B? Anyone? In with. In or with, right? It's all about connection. Okay. And so this is actually a teaching attributed to Ali, may Allah be pleased with him, that the essence of, of Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim is the B. And so what does the B mean? It's connection. And so this is just re- rehashing the exact same point, that the whole essence of Islam is all about connection. I'm using the word relationships. And then as we're going to discuss later on, the core of that is relationships built on Rahma. All right. Make sense? You already have that look of, you know, too much knowledge in one day. (laughs) No questions about anything? Qurayshi family, Padres? Amen? Okay. So your first assignment, uh, for those of you who have a translation at home, is the problem. Each one is for uh, each of you. Um, Is if you don't already have one, get a translation of the Quran. Okay. And this assignment, I think I've given you before, those of you who've taken my classes. And, and I'd like you to do two things. Good. One part of the assignment starts from page one. The other part of the assignment starts from the last surah. Okay. So starting from page one, meaning surah al-fatiha. Good. 
I want you to do uh, a minimum of 20 ayahs a day. And anytime there's a reference to Allah Ta'ala, underline it. Okay. So if the name God is being mentioned or most merciful or the pronoun is referring to Allah, anything, underline it. Meaning actually use your pen or pencil in your translation and underline it. Okay. That's starting from page one. And then if you can do that consistently, <clears throat> and so if you miss a day, don't worry, don't, don't feel like you have to make it up. Just start again from you know wherever you left off. 20 eyes a day minimum, you're welcome to do more, don't do less. The assignment will take you 60 seconds. And then if you can do that consistently through the end of March, okay, then increase that to 30 eyes a day. And then April, 40 eyes a day in Ramadan, you're probably gonna want to jack it up even higher. Okay. Now, if you do this assignment regularly, what is this doing? This is giving you a focus in, in your relationship with the Quran, your focus being on Allah Ta'ala. Very often when we're reading the Quran, we're just listening for recitation or we're just looking for what it's telling you to do. Okay. Here now it's making your focus to be on God. Now, starting from the last surah, starting from surah 114, moving your way backwards. So 114, 113, 112, so forth and so on. Read through the surah, reflect on it, and either in the book itself or in a notebook or in a document, just take any notes of any sort of reflection, any questions that you have, anything. But the key thing is, I don't want you, I want you to not be bashful in asking anything. Because another problem in learning in our community is people uh, have been conditioned that, okay, there's a lot of things you're not allowed to think about, a lot of things you're not allowed to ask. Here, you should feel free to ask the book any single question that possibly comes to mind, okay? Whether it's controversial or not. And then if you want, you can even bring them to our discussions as well. Okay? Any question, I mean, you're not gonna be able to ask me something probably that I've never even thought about myself. But the point is that uh, what you'll also see is many of your questions are gonna get answered later on in the Quran, okay? And then on top of that, you're gonna get more comfortable in connecting to the Quran that way. Because the way to think about this <clears throat> is that in our modern times, we're often conditioned to think we're smarter than the Quran itself. And if you go with the attitude that the author of the Quran is smarter than me, then you're free to be as smart as you possibly can. Okay. And, and don't feel like you can, on the flip side, I'm saying don't be bashful, but I'm also saying if you don't feel like you have to be controversial, just whatever questions come to mind. Okay. And so when you do that, that's gonna increase your relationship with the Quran itself. Okay. And I can often tell over the years who are my students whose foundation is Quran, who are the students whose foundation of Islam is recitation, who are the students whose foundation is a relationship with the Prophet, peace be upon them, just by their questions. Who are the students who, who, who may have gotten jaded by, by the community? Who are the people who started just with rules? It gets easier and easier to figure that out. And so here the focus is to make Quran your foundation uh, as well. So that's your assignment. So the first part of the assignment, like I said, will literally take about 60 seconds. So you can squeeze, if you can squeeze in a minute somewhere in the day, some of you, because of little tiny babies, might be too busy. Try your best. The other assignment, the other side will take a little bit longer because it's requiring you to put in five minutes and just reflect. Okay. So that's your first assignment. And so, like I said, your payment of the class is to do the homework, inshallah. Any so, questions? Yeah, so real quick, uh, the second part of the homework, when you're saying stuff from the last surah, so you just, there's no limit, right? You go through the 
I mean, as soon as you want, just write down whatever you need. Yeah, I'm just saying do one minimum one sewer a day. Minimum one sewer a day. Yeah. So when the sewers start getting really long, obviously you can start splitting them up, you know. But just like with the first part of the assignment, do minimum of 20. If you want to do 500, you can do 500. That's right. Yeah. But with starting from the end, yeah, do minimum of sewer a day. So then, uh, and don't stop doing whatever it is you're doing, other Islamic stuff. You look like you have a question. Okay, just it's just shock. Okay, <laughs> all right. Nobody has any other questions. Okay, so the goal is going to be to start class on time. Obviously, today, you know, considering the fact I went to the wrong house for like five minutes, um, uh, today we had to take some time to figure things out. And then, uh, uh, generally speaking, just like my classes, usually the goal is to be about thirty minutes, probably not much more, maybe forty minutes tops. And, and and like I said, we'll meet next week, but not in two weeks. And then um, we'll see how speed is going and such. But the goal of the approach of the class is workshops. And no questions? So the one thing I just want to yeah. ask is whoever is present today, let's figure out if this time works, if another time works. Uh, location for us is okay. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, location for you is okay. Yeah. I know, that's what I was going to ask. So and that, I mean, that's the thing. That's uh, uh, we don't mind I random people from our yeah, place. No, yeah. but I don't also mind going somewhere closer to you. Too. No, yeah. I mean, I don't, I, don't mind, I don't mind coming here. Um, I mean, as long as people are taking the class even slightly seriously. So that's worth my time. Yeah. Right. You know. So, um, we so you might think that. Uh, oh wait, wait, wait Malah is saying something. Hey, Malah, what are you saying? Yeah, my question is that you know you're saying read the twenty IM minimum and yeah. get like some notes. So are you are you anticipating some action item coming out from those twenty IMs? I mean, right now the action item is to take the notes. So okay. the question uh, Malahat is asking is, I'm telling you to do the 20 ayahs and take some notes. Am I expecting some action items? I'm saying right now the action item is the notes itself. Right. Uh, Sayed so saying, how do we access the recording? What I'll do is I'll upload them to my SoundCloud and I'll just give you the link. You know, it'll be audio recording, not video, though. Yeah. Yeah. Any other questions about anything? Okay, we will stop right here, inshallah. It's good to re-see all of you, and it's good for the, the first time to see some of you in person, mashallah. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu wa la ilaha illa anta nastafiruka natubi ilayk. Subhanakallahumma glory to you, Allah, wa bihamdika. Praise and gratitude to you. Nashadu illa ilaha illa anta. We bear witness there is no God but you. Nastafiruka. We seek your forgiveness. One or two, we like. All right. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, everyone. And take care and have a good rest of the day.